The Gospel reading for today is uh, John, from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Um, But I thought that the best way to to unpack this passage was to uh, incorporate it into my comments as I work my way through. So it'll come in sort of two chunks, really. Starting at at verse 1, the reading begins like this. There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him, that is to Jesus, at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Now, interestingly, extra-biblical literature tells us of at least two first-century Jewish Nicodemuses, both belonging to the Gurion family. And the portrait of Nicodemus in John corresponds quite well with what we know of this family from these extra-biblical sources. And John's Nicodemus might well be uh, uncle to one Naquibon ben Gurion mentioned in the Jewish Talmud. Either way, our Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. And this has often been interpreted as a sign of a secret assignation. But it may simply refer to the natural time in Jewish culture for Torah study. Again, either way, Nicodemus has been seeing these miraculous signs that have been accompanying Jesus' ministry... And he clearly wants a better understanding of the message of Jesus to which those signs point. And I think many find themselves today in Nicodemus's sandals, as it were, um, intrigued, but perhaps rather baffled by Jesus, needing time to get to grips with his message, but willing to spend that time Because they've seen enough about Jesus to think that time spent trying to understand him will be time well spent. And what follows in the discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus won't make much sense to us unless we know that the the Greek words for again or anew or uh, from above are all the same word. And the word is anothen. And with that critical bit of information in mind, here's the rest of the passage. So Jesus replies to Nicodemus, I assure you, unless someone is born anothen, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But how can anyone be born when he's old, asks Nicodemus. Can he, can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh. And whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. 
Do not be amazed when I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can these things be? asked Nicodemus. Are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Jesus replied, I assure you, we speak what we know. And we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If I have told you about things that happen on earth and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about things of heaven? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. So you see what happened. Jesus was saying that in order to see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus had to be born anew, or from above, by allowing God's grace to forgive him and to raise his human nature, his flesh, up into the spiritual life of God, in a transformative relationship. Jesus' reference to water and the Spirit doesn't necessarily refer to the first birth or to baptism, as some have interpreted it, but it recalls the imagery of spiritual cleansing and rebirth in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. This is Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27. I will also sprinkle clean water on you, and you'll be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. So, according to Jesus, salvation isn't merely a matter of being born into the right tribe or ethnic group, nor of slavishly practicing a set of predictable legal rules in order to pass some sort of heavenly graduation test. Rather, salvation is a matter of allowing oneself to be caught up into the the wind-like spiritual freedom of God's spirit. And here again, it, it helps if we know that the Greek word for wind and spirit is one and the same word. It's pneuma. Nicodemus objects that he can't be literally born again. Uh, Some readers suppose that Nicodemus is simply being rather thick and cloth-eared at this point. But I wonder if he isn't being deliberately evasive, perhaps. As John 1 verse 11 says, his own did not receive him. But in either case, Nicodemus, his misunderstanding of the born anew phrase... It ironically led to the modern phrase about being a born-again Christian. 
A phrase that now metaphorically means just what Jesus meant by being born anew or from above. Jesus uses a different metaphor in John 15, 4 and 5. He puts it this way. He says, remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Likewise, seeing that the kingdom of God is just another way of talking about relationship with God in and through Jesus. The kingdom of God is wherever God's perfect will is being followed. And seeing the kingdom is really just equivalent to the the more familiar expression in John's gospel of having eternal life. Jesus defines what he means by eternal life in John 17.3. He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you've sent, Jesus Christ. And of course, his name means salvation from God, the Messiah there. Note that this isn't a matter of of merely knowing about God and Jesus as his Christ, but of actually knowing God and knowing Jesus as his Christ or Messiah. With the phrase eternal life, the the concept of, of unending duration into the future, yes, that's there, but it's not the main idea, it's not the focus The main idea is a certain quality of life seen in Jesus. Christ is himself, if you like, the personification and guarantee of this kind of life with God. The British theologian Alistair McGrath puts it this way. He says, the eternal life in question must not be thought of as if it were some kind of infinite extension to everyday existence. Rather, it refers to a new quality of life, begun here and now through faith, which is consummated and fulfilled through the resurrection. This eternal life is only made possible through the love of God, which is shown in the astonishing fact that he loves his world so much that his only son should die for it. Now, it's interesting to observe that rabbinic tradition speaks of one of Jesus' disciples being called Nakai or, or Buni, which is actually the Hebrew equivalent to the Greek name Nicodemus. Moreover, there's a Christian tradition that says Nicodemus was martyred sometime towards the end of the first century. And this certainly chimes with the fact that although Nicodemus clearly doesn't receive the message of Jesus in John 3... He hasn't quite grasped it yet. John does later tell us how Nicodemus stood up for Jesus in the Sanhedrin. Have a look at John 7, 50, 52. And of how Nicodemus helped Joseph of Arimathea to entomb Jesus and give him a decent burial. And indeed, it was Nicodemus who personally bought the myrrh and the aloes for the burial out of his own pocket. As John 1, 12 to 13 says, 
Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That's what Jesus was clearly on about when he was talking about being born from above, being born anew into the spiritual life of God by his grace. Um, And Nicodemus may have misunderstood it at first, but he got there eventually. And often people take a little time to grapple with and grasp the message of Jesus. Um, But that's clearly something worth doing. You can see enough about Jesus to see that spending time coming to understand his message more is a worthwhile, eternal investment. Amen.